I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. Hasta la vista, baby. Thank you, everybody, for watching and listening to another Broken English podcast. My name is Bola Madar, your host with the most, and this is our co-host, Hugo. I don't have a fancy middle name, bloody. <laughs> and I'm, I, I don't know if I'm a host with the most, or just a, and enough. You know, I'm I'm okay. We'll figure out some. We'll figure out something for you. So we were talking about, which I believe we've spoken about before. This movie, this little low budget called Tenet. Mm. This low budget indie film called Tenet that's coming out. That, no, it just came out actually. It's out. It's out. By the time this is published, it will have done the rounds. I'm trying to avoid. I'm trying to avoid uh, what the what's the the buzz about not the buzz but the the critical reception right. and even the box office numbers are because I just kind of but because I'm mulling the I'm mulling right now the thought of going to see it. Yeah, well, I'm debating it as well because, and for those of you that don't know, I'll let you know. I was a bit sick recently. And with myself being sick, I was like, oh, shit. Really, you know, really extreme feelings of uh, weakness and coughing and sore throat, etc. So I went and I got a COVID test. And it was fun. It was as fun as you'd expect. Someone shoves something right up your nose, goes round and round, causes uh, a lot of discomfort for about 10 seconds, and then has the audacity to say to you, and I quote, you should have seen your face. <laughs> now that I've had that. <laughs> was, was this yeah. an intern or something? No, no, or this was, was a nurse. Uh, so now that I've had that, I'm sort of warming more to the idea of going towards the theatre and trying it out. Yeah. And just wearing a mask and being distanced and seeing what's what. Yeah. Because it seems like one of those films that you'd really want to see. And if you go there with the right cautions, I don't know if I'm as fearful as I was, as long as there's enough spacing and such. Yeah, well, it, just for me, it's just like knowing that the, the the spacing protocols and just even just and like I said, being out here where we don't have the highest numbers, it's pretty low relative to everywhere else. Um, I feel more safer doing it. More, I feel more at ease going into this going into something like that now mm. obviously going there with the precautions of just like being mindful as always wearing a mask right. and right. you know being very aware of surfaces and people and all that stuff because if the malls are open again i mean the malls have been open for a while so you don't haven't seen too much hat you haven't seen there hasn't been too much uh I mean, but a mall is very different to a theater. Yeah, it's very different, but it's di different. The only diff, the, the the it's different, but the 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 similarity is that you're in, you're around a lot of people, right? In a closed space. I have a, I have a friend that's seen quite a few films in the theater since COVID has been going on. Oh, really? Uh, this has been out in sort of Surrey Langley area, and he's been saying by and large. Uh, in a parking lot that can hold several hundred people, there's been an average of maybe 20 cars. 
and in the auditoriums that he's been watching films there's maybe been five people and they've been very much apart from one another now with a film like Tenet you know that that's going to be a different scenario because of the fact that it is the film of the moment it's the one everyone's hyped about so you have to wonder I mean, I suppose there's going to be a situation where the theatres will only be able to sell a select number of tickets for each showing. Yeah, I would imagine it's very limited. And you would hope that people would be, and I say hope because we've seen... What did they? What have they coined for the term for men? I know women are Karens. What are men? Is there a male version? Anyway, you're going to have people that are going to be inconsiderate, but really it's up to yeah. you then to sacrifice your your seat, your position, like, if you have a dickhead that comes up to you and wants to sit right by you, <laughs> well then you can either get into your altercation in an auditorium, or you can go and move elsewhere. Well, isn't it, pre- isn't it pre-selected seats? I haven't done any investigating into booking or not. I believe that's what somebody told me, that you, you have to pre-select your seats, and probably it's probably, if you're pre-selecting, they probably, it's probably a, a range that there's gaps. But I could be wrong. I would hope so. Yeah. If that is the case, that'd be fantastic because but, that would give you that added layer of space, security. Yeah. I'll, 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 I'll investigate it myself. I'm just, don't hold me to that. I just don't know 100%. Okay. So do you think you will be going? I probably, I'm, I'm in the direction of seeing it, yeah. Could be as even as soon as this weekend. Wise? Like I'm in just in that direction. I just miss. Uh, I'm curious, and I just miss the theater experience. Yeah. And just based on every, and just based on the threat, I think it's. I think it's a worth the gamble. It's worth the. It's just worth it. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's necessarily worth well, contracting it's COVID not, over. It's However, not worth I contracting think if, COVID. <laughs> I, I think if you're careful though. Hmm. I think if you're careful, though, it can be worked around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's just... I mean, the, the cameras are already rolling again here. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can see so, that, too. I mean, even getting aud- more auditions recently and seeing the production lists of things that are going on. So it's like, the things are getting back. They're, 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 right. The industry here is getting back. I'm not sure to what capacity compared to last year, but it's definitely roaring again. Yeah, ben Affleck's apparently moved his latest production that he's directing up here because of issues with Hollywood testing. Well, what's the issues with Hollywood testing? I think it's not as rigorous as over here. I think it's harder to get a test or something like that. Really? So, hmm. apparently they're coming to Canada. Okay, good for him. So what I was just seeing recently, did you ever watch that TV show I recommended to you called Utopia? No. It's a British TV show which I'd never heard of that was recommended to me by one of the producers and writers on Woke. And it's a really, I think you'd actually really enjoy it. And it's a very time relevant sci fi drama. Mm. It's being remade though, which kind of annoys me because it's. <laughs> In English. It annoys you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, you've said. But it annoys me because it's in English, right? Right. And it's, again, being remade by the Americans. As if to say, (laughs) 
it's that hard to understand any variation of the English language that is not pure Californian or New Yorker. <laughs> you know, Constantine was an English character. It's based uh, off an English character, right? I know very little about Constantine. We established that last. I podcast. wonder if that's what the, that's what pissed you off about it. <laughs> Maybe. But yeah, so go. You're saying it. So this is originally. This is an originally uh, a British-based show. Yeah, and it did two seasons, and it was really well done. I really enjoyed it. I'm curious to see because it's coming out as an Amazon Prime original, which always baffles me when they call them originals after the fact that they've <laughs> taken up of something else. But nevertheless, right. <laughs> I'm not going to argue the semantics or nuances there. Right. But I'm curious to see what they'll do because it's kind of an edgy sci-fi show. Or, yeah, I suppose it is science fiction, yeah. It's kind of an edgy show with really well-done plots. What's little... the premise of it? Essentially, it's kind of a, a DNA-related conspiracy mm. is okay. the best way I can summarise it. I really think you'd enjoy it, based many... on your taste. How many seasons so far? They did two for the UK version. And they actually wrapped it up at the end of the second season, the UK version. Well, sometimes... But then again, UK... Hmm? Sorry, no, go ahead. Well, just UK stuff tends to be shorter. Yeah, I know. It's only a few... That's what was, That was also something when I was when I started watching UK shows. I was kind of baffled. Why is there so, just a few episodes compared to what they do here, right? But I guess this is how it's done over there. Now, <laughs> here's the thing. I, I get what you mean about when they change the setting mm -hmm. um sometimes it's just like why now i understand sometimes i understand why they do it i believe house of cards was based off of a british show wasn't it yes right and house of cards i think in the uk did three series and i think what it was five on netflix or something yeah it was like five or six seasons remember and but their seasons of course are even longer yeah well. so i get it right i get it okay because it's a political show and it probably translates better if you have it for american politics because i don't think people right. would, he, over here would be really privy to british politics so they just it just probably wouldn't land here as much as it would if if it was done in north if it was done with american politics right and the show was phenomenal through the last season but but if i was watching luther for example and it's like they wanted to go do that in america i'm like nah it's good it's like it's all right like i like i like what we got already here it's like mm -hmm. i don't think there's no i don't think there's any need to remake it or redo it or something like that i think it's just it's good well and the thing with the utopia as well is where House of Cards was very much bound to a system that would be harder to understand. Yeah. So the political system was a bit different. It also was 30 years old in terms of a show. Oh. Or however old it was. It was an older show. That House of Cards wasn't done last week in the UK. It was done many years back. Oh, I see. So I can understand an updated version of something. Yeah. But Utopia, I believe, was out within the past, at most seven years but i think a lot less than that right so it's quite contemporary everything's fairly modern fairly up to date 
speaking the same language that you speak. Yes, it's not personalized, but I'm sorry, someone that lives in Idaho is not going to have the same life experience and knowledge of someone that lives in New York is not going to have the same as someone that lives, you know, in, I don't know, Dallas, Texas or wherever. The point being is, is it's a different place, which also adds to the story. Everything that is set somewhere can be set somewhere. And if you speak the same language, mm-hmm. really, you can't try and understand a dialect well, what sorry, do you, an accent. Why do you think they did that instead of just bringing I, that show here? I wonder whether it was done for the idea of being able to do it indefinitely. Indefinitely. And what I mean by that is if the show wrapped itself up, and if I buy the rights to it and think, actually, you wrapped it up too soon, we could do 10 seasons. Mm, I see. But they would have to re. But in order to do that, they would have to re, re uh, create the magic. And that's not a surefire thing. It's not. Right. But I mean, they did that with many shows. They did that with The Office. Yeah. The Office is a perfect now, example of that. But, which is rare, though. I don't, yes, well, I don't say it rare, is. but. It's a gamble. It's not a guarantee. The Office is a fun no. example that when they take a British show and then it becomes even bigger, you know, over in North America, right? And they're able to, yep. you know, have the magic with it. I haven't seen the original mm-hmm. original British version of it. It was with Ricky mm-hmm. Jervis, right? Yeah. Yeah, I haven't. That's really what seen... made him him. Right. I, I haven't really seen it. And obviously, I, and honestly, I really didn't even watch The Office because I don't have TV. I haven't had TV in a long time. Mm-hmm. So, but I've seen bits of it, right? But I know how popular it is and what what it's based on. So it's interesting that that kind of thing bothers you, right? Where they've, you know, they've taken British shows and then they've Americanized it. And does it not bother you? It, this is a gen. This, this is a general topic when it comes to these kinds of things because sometimes it bothers me, sometimes it doesn't. Now, okay. it, obviously, it wouldn't. It, obviously, it wouldn't bother me if I never even watched the original thing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I don't even know what I'm watching is based on something else. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the same thing with home, uh, House of Cards and Homeland. I didn't. I didn't really know it was based on something until I. Did. I didn't know Homeland was based on something else. Yeah, it's based off an Israeli show actually called uh, Prisoner of War. I did not know that. I didn't know that too until a couple of episodes or maybe the season one season into it. I was like, oh, this is actually based off an Israeli show. With, mm-hmm. with a similar premise, but I think they went completely in a different direction. But, but it's based it's based off of that show. And yeah. obviously they created something that I just loved, right? So this is, this is the thing. This is a very touchy subject because this goes along with a whole lot of other things, right? That people have been complaining about. Like, you know certain there's 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 that debate with like certain ethnicities or taken out of certain plots or removed from things and then brought and americanized and you know that there's that whole thing i think i take this from a project to project basis because i can understand why they do that sometimes i don't understand and i don't get it so it's like i have to so i can't say i have a general opinion on it's a per show 
thing. Now, I know this might be a little bit close. This might be a little bit closer to the heart because that's, you know, where you're from and you really like this show. So this may be a little bit closer to you in that regards. I mean, it more so it's the fact that I think you don't have to remake everything. And that I've had, I've had that. that as kind of a bitter thing. Pardon? <laughs> so we, we've had that. We've had that conversation a million times. Yeah, we have. But it's just sort of I don't understand why a lot of the Hollywood system is the remaking machine of things that already are just easily repackaged. There's no reason why you can't have an Australian, an English, a Kiwi, sorry, New Zealand show. There's no reason why you can't have it from everywhere. And people just understand it. Yeah, it's the thing is, is like, and I'm, I'm just playing the devil's advocate here because I get it. I think a lot of these, a lot of the times when these producers or studios are just looking at this and they, it's like, it's almost like a, I don't know, zen, not xenophobic, but they just have a mentality where they assume the audience would just be too, this would be too exotic for them if they just didn't remake it. Which is a problem, and that kind of goes back to our conversation that we had on the previous podcast about Oliver Stone and financing and such. If you cater to people with the simplest of things, they will only have the simplest of things in their repertoire. If, for example, you give me plain potatoes for food, I'm going to go, ah, plain potatoes, (laughs) plain potatoes, what's for dinner? Oh, plain potatoes. If you tend to give me a very rich dish with different flavors and something interesting, then my palate will change and I'll be able to go, well, I can have some plain potatoes if I want, or I can have all this or this. I, I, I agree with you, man. It's like, I think the thing that's not being discussed here is the audience. They're just, they're, there's, there's a certain, there's a certain feedback mechanism here or loop or something that just loops itself, right? It's audiac expectation meets assumptions of uh, the creators and the filmmakers. Right. And that's what makes it interesting as well, because I was speaking to my cousin a few weeks ago and we were remarking about the fact that your average person working any shift work or a nine to five or whatever, when they come home, they tend to want to switch off their brains. They tend to not want to try because you've woken up early, you've worn yourself out, be it mentally or physically, you come home and you're just like, I'm done with the day. And therefore, when you get your cookie cutter stuff that comes up afterwards, it's easily digestible. You can fall asleep and not be bothered by it, not be too taxed by it. That doesn't work for me because personally, I do like to spark my brain with my entertainment. But yeah, I don't. It just doesn't work for me. But I can understand the argument. And if, as you say, the metrics are saying, well, thought provoking show gets 10 viewers and non thought provoking show gets 2.5 million regularly, it seems to add up a certain way. I just, uh, it's just my observation with these people. They just simply follow the money, not the creativity. Yes. And you can understand that because it is business. Yeah. It's, I get it. I understand it's a business. And that's always been the case. But I think it's become more and more of that. It's just, you know, we don't want to take risks. We just want to find things that are well-known, established, 
and see more of a surefire thing than it's than investing in the next back to the future or or, or Bill and Ted's excellent adventure or something like that. It's like the risk factor is just taken. It's just there. It, there's a risk aversion now in the film industry. Yeah, and that's perfectly reflected in what you see in auditoriums. Right. So when it comes to this whole remake or re-localization or whatever you want to call it, um, I don't know. It's just, it's still, a, sometimes it does baffle me in the, these decisions. Sometimes it makes sense. Sometimes it's just, why? Uh, if you're talking about this, I haven't seen the show. I'm, I'm curious. I want to go check it out just to see. But, I think you like it. Um, when it comes to localization, it's kind of like... Um, I wouldn't say I, I have most of it I think has worked for me but some there's been a lot of it that has just been like why right just right. why now I wish I wish I could be <laughs> it's harder for me to speak from it because you're speaking from a personal this is kind of like a personal level isn't it more. Uh, yes and no. I mean, it's. Is there it's other British so shows have you just, seen that have been done like this before, and they kind of like miffed, or kind of like irked you, irked um, you a little bit? Not that I can think of off the top. I mean, this is something that I've seen recently, and then recently discovered that it was being remade. Be but there are, there's plenty that have been redone. Because I'm trying to think of a Canadian show that has been hijacked or remade, or just something that comes a little bit closer to my closer to to my chest if, if it comes to like ethnicity or background or something like that right. uh, if they started to make the <laughs> if they remade the fresh prince and they put it in <laughs> and they made oh, it did in you the hear they are oh really they are they that was another thing <laughs> oh, really? i don't know if you know this <laughs> oh, well it's, oh my god it's a little more it's a little more than that all right so did you see there was a dark version of uh, the fresh prince that they put out dark version yeah so what happened was and i think he was an indie filmmaker i'm not sure where he's from he came out with uh almost a, a batman type <laughs> maybe i'm going too far with that right but the dark side of moving out more of a dramatic part instead of the comedy part oh i see so it's the guy who is kind of in a bad area and then moves out to his uncle and aunt's place and things aren't going well. And it's a lot more broody and mood and uh, just heavier yeah. than what the Fresh Prince was. But it's following the same sort of premise of a kid in Bel Air who originally was from Philly. Right. Um, and how things went awry. And apparently because it got so much steam on social media, it got millions of YouTube views. Will Smith was like, yeah, actually, this is done pretty well. And they're trying to move forward with that version of the story. As a team. It's not quite a remake. Oh, really? So this will be like a darker, like this will be a more dramatic, serious take on The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yes, and I'm not sure if it's meant to be a film or if it's meant to be a show. So Look was, it up after we've done the podcast. Was this a, Is this a web series or a trailer or a pitch? It was, I think it was either a trailer or a short that they did. Oh, okay. I'll check it out. <laughs> this is interesting. So it's a slightly different take. Anyway, you were saying? Well, I'm just saying because I haven't, 
my experience is different because I've ever I haven't I, I like to put myself in the frame the mind frame of like different kinds of audiences for a lot of these things right so imagine for example I'm an somebody who's Asian right and mm-hmm. I see something that's Asian themed right beloved or whatever and you know it's taken and it's as the term coined right it's whitewashed right asian characters are removed the settings are changed or right. you have an asian character in a film or pro or, or in a in a material and the asian character is just taken out or rip or, or replaced with uh, a white character or something like that like for the mm-hmm. that happened in dr strange right mm-hmm. um so I so the thing is I'm trying to put myself into that mind frame because it happens more for other people more than others. I just right. can't personally have I don't have that kind of experience where let's just say I'm watching you know I'm not very nationalistic so and there hasn't been a whole lot of, I don't think there's been much Canadian things that have been held like to the hearts of Canadians or something, and it's been taken by Americans or British or something, and you know, totally from Tim Hortons. Tim Hortons, yeah, that's actually that that, that <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> Tim Hortons is pretty overrated as well. No offense, Tim Hortons, but oh God, I'm you're not like that. <laughs> yeah, free gas coffee. <laughs> Talk. We're talking about that Seven Eleven gas gas station coffee. It's not Seven <laughs> Eleven. It's town pantry. So, oh, so town and pantry. Hey, t- actually, I don't mind town and pantry. Okay, I'll give you that. I'll give you some points for that. So there we go. <laughs> but going back to what you're saying, this happens a lot. This does happen with Hollywood, and it's and it's not a new thing. It's just ramped up recently a bit more. I, I, maybe one could say. Right. And like I said, I can only say for me, it's like it's a. Yeah, I mean, what what we talk about foreign films, right? Okay. And fuck, you. I draw a lot of inspiration and source from foreign films, and I've seen foreign films where they've been taken and they've been made into something really great, and I've seen them taking them, and it's just been an utter disaster. Um. I recognize it as when you're a creator here, you want to get, you want to be inspired, right? And I just recognize that foreign films and television shows are sources of inspiration. Mm-hmm. And I don't have anything against it. Even I do it. I would do it. I would do it myself. But I would understand. Uh, but I know I'd have to tread carefully at times. Yeah, it's a double-edged sword because. I mean, I spoke to you about this the other day. I'm not sure whether it's a Quebecois production or whether it's a French production, but Brooklyn Nine-Nine, for anyone that watches or or knows it, it's a great comedy Mm. and it's a sitcom. It's been going for, I believe, at least seven or eight seasons. And it's had its dramas with renewals, but that's by the by. Basically, there's a French remake of it called, I believe it's called Ecude nine nine or neuf neuf i don't know if i pronounced écude <laughs> or écoute i'm Ecu- not sure Ecute? if you're french pardon écoute no no écoute écoute i don't know but nevertheless the french version of brooklyn nine nine just put out a trailer 
And people reacted to that with their minds blown because the remake is literally everything looks the same, which is kind of what they did a bit with the beginning of The Office, which was the annoying part of it. It's one thing if you get the premise of the show and you give it a slightly different twist. But if I happen to have, as they do in the French remake of the American show, characters that look identical except there's a French person version of it. So, for example, you have a slightly overweight guy. This slightly overweight white guy that they've got hmm. happens to have a similar face, similar haircut, <laughs> He's wearing the same wardrobe, etc. Um, now, of course, they weren't able to get someone as muscular as Terry Crews to do Terry Crews's <laughs> role. But of course, it's a black guy with a similar look, etc. Like every character <laughs> is. It's like it's like exact, it's almost like a mirror, the French mirror of that person. Yep, including the precinct. Everything looks like it would in the original, except it's not the original. It's new actors. Right. That are doing the same thing. Just French actors that look similar to to the to the American to counterpart. The Ameri- American playing. counterpart. Yeah. It, see, here, the thing is for me, I love foreign films, right? And I I draw from them as an inspiration, right? Foreign films and TV shows, it's just an it's just for me a source of it's just a source, and I don't have any objections to just saying I'm going to remake that. Um, it's 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 not something that I find inherently offensive, but it's just how it's done. Right. And then sometimes just some things you should probably leave alone. Um, because it's just the magic where it comes from is because it's this setting and it can only work in this setting. What if they tried to make like downtown, downtown Abbey somewhere in America, would it work? Well, I think the thing is there's inherent value in the original. Yeah. And there's always going to be something which should be left as is. When you and I have heard news about remakes and stuff, yeah, you know, you can do it better. But that's kind of the argument with every artist in every aspect, whereby if you write something, if you perform something, if you draw something, you always look at it and you go, you know what? I should change that. I could have cut that differently. I should have added this sound. Yeah. And you, you will consistently re-re-re-review it. To remake it seems kind of, not an insult, but it's, it feels like it's doing a disservice to the original material I think it's because you, of the fact... Hmm? I think it's how you reimagine it. I suppose to a degree, but I think... Because it's just... I can understand it decades later, but it when it's too close and too... When the time periods are too close, I, I don't see the merit. I, I don't even. I don't. I, I. I don't even put this in my in the same category as um, my general gripe against remakes and reboots, because I think, for me, sourcing from foreign films is another different kind of animal than the remake reboot happy uh, craze that we're in. Because I just think. Generally, when you watch a, f- there's just, there's just, a, it's just like a foreign films seem like another pool, of uh, mm. just like another pool that you can draw from. I don't feel it's the same way as going back into the past and trying to do something because it's, because it's like uh, you just run out of ideas. I think you just see something over there and it's like, that is, 
that is really interesting and for an assortment of reasons i want to take that and bring it over here and do something with our own twist to it i suppose but i don't find art and cooking to be the same thing <laughs> you know what it, i mean it, <laughs> I, 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 think, suppose, I think i think a lot of people can say it's the same thing i mean you could you i could mean put art I, and cooking. I suppose there aren't any boundaries in it maybe i'm being too rigid in my viewpoint but I, like I said, I think it's it, for me, it feels like it's a case by case thing because I've seen it where it's like, man, don't touch. Yeah, I've seen it like one one that comes to my mind is old boy. I mean, it's right. a, it's a foreign film that I just it's I just love. It's one of my favorite films of all time. I love Spike Lee, but the remake just did not do anything at all for me. I didn't see the remake. Oh, it's just it. It was it was already a tall. Well. And it's it's it was already a, a big shoe to fill, one can say, because it mm. was just a really great film with a really interesting and unique premise, and it had an ending that um, that was very shocking and it was like a twist, you know, it was all those things, and it's just hard to live up to it. So unless you have a really, really, really interesting take to it, it's hard. Well, and that's the other thing with regards to any sort of remade material, especially if it's a direct remake. I don't want to watch the same thing. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't want to watch the same thing again. If I know, you know, you just highlighted it there. There you go. There was an ending with a twist and it was interesting because of the fact that (laughs) you couldn't predict it. But if you go into the new one, then it stops being the same uh, exposure to the material to the story because you're going into it thinking how are they going to do this and how are they going to do that and are they going to have oh they've done this at the end yeah. and it's just i don't know that's the that's, only time i've found that sorry no i was just going to say that's what the, that's a big problem right there is just um if there's a twist or something and you're coming into this knowing it it's the magic is not there the only time i would find that it one of the the ways in which it really worked was did you see the girl with the dragon tattoo films uh, no i didn't see that one. the swedish versions no they were done really well right the swedish version. i liked them yeah david fincher remade the first one and it was fantastic right it it was another one going back to our previous podcast it was a very underrated film very underrated <clears throat> Okay. The girl with the dragon tattoo, the David Fincher version, right, was excellent, and it was one of those few times where, despite knowing everything about the plot, yeah, despite knowing what was going where, when it was going to happen, etc., I still bought into it. I still loved the acting. Daniel Craig, Rooney Mara, I believe Christopher Plummer was in it. Yeah, just that is an exception to the rule that I loosely was putting forth. Right. So you see right there, so you see that and you see where it works, right? Right. Right. So we see where it works. We see where it works there. And obviously there's a competent filmmaker in there, David Fincher, right? So it's more than competent (laughs) to say the least, right? So it's in well hands. Um, and it turns out something. It turns out to be something that's just as fantastic as the what you watched before, and mm. that I like. I said it's just I get it. I get it. You see this foreign film, and it's like fuck. We're gonna bring that over here, and we're gonna do it our way, right? 
I just don't feel it's the same <laughs> call it. I like to say it's not coming from that it's not coming from that wasteland of remake happy the remake reboot land. I don't think it's coming from the same impulse. Yeah, I get you. You're saying it's not basically saying we need another Spider-Man next year. Yeah, we need <laughs> It's not coming from the I, yeah, it's just not coming from the for the most part. I think it's not coming from the same greedy uncreative wasteland right that we see in these remake reboots things right there's mm -hmm. actually general inspiration and enthusiasm and uh wonder to the source material here it's mm -hmm. just not oh this did well 20 years ago let's pull it out of the vault and put some fairy dust on it or something like that <laughs> right or put some vaseline on it right it's right this, now i completely understand that. this comes from i think these things come from a duly genuine place i like i said for speaking of foreign films for me i love foreign films right i i'll sometimes even just go into a foreign film randomly not even knowing what the hell it's about it's because to me it's like it's just another it's like being transported to another place and i get to see and experience things that that just doesn't happen here and it's a, just a great source of creative inspiration yeah i mean i've always loved films of all countries and oaks um i i try and treat english films the same way english speaking yeah. films the same way you know walk into something you don't know blindly yeah see how it presents itself to you but unlike you I will walk out after 10 minutes. <laughs> no, if it's not, well, I get, I mean, for me, it's just going to like, <laughs> I do it because even in the worst films, I can grab some, if I'm watching a film at a certain point and it's just dog crap, it's just dog shit. I'm just going to be in there because now I'm just walking it, looking at it from a technical aspect now. I'm not I'm not entertained now. I'm just looking at it from a technical aspect now. What can I steal from this? What can I learn from this <laughs> at this point? What That's I, all I'm in I there was, for at that point. I was watching a film yesterday, which I wasn't into. And the thing that really got me just over the edge was the technical aspect. Right. As in how much I did not like the way they were doing things. <laughs> right. It's a technical. It was an indie. It was an indie film. I love indie films. Yeah. This one was shit. But anyway, it was an indie film whereby, for some reason, they decided to have even static shots handheld. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you would see, you would see just a wide of something or maybe a frame within a frame of a doorway handheld. Right. Why? Put it on a tripod, <laughs> have it static, because what? what's the purpose of me seeing the fact that you will very slightly and intermittently sway and was the up whole... a bit and down a bit? And... Was the whole movie done handheld? Yes. Right, that's probably why. But it didn't work. It just didn't work, right? It didn't work. Well, I would imagine if the... I would imagine the story and the characters weren't even... The, the film wasn't working for you just story-wise at all entertainment no wise. but the camera movement definitely played a role oh, in right. helping me get out of it 
I, you know, if if you're going to be shaking the whole time, then I'm going to be focused on the shaking. It reminds me of the people who are complaining about the Bourne sequels when it turned into sh- handheld. I haven't seen them. Um, I love handheld cinematography. I think it's... I love it when it's done well. When it's done well, yeah. Sorry, to add that caveat, when it's done well, yeah. It, 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 yeah, no, in general, I'm not a huge fan. Oh, really? But when it's done well... I like it because when you do it and you do it well, it it's one of those things that adds to a it it adds to the film um it adds to the reason why you're in, you're you're engaged in the story because even yes. the camera because the camera work adds a certain layer to the film and it engages you right and i uh, people complain of some people complained about it in the born sequels but it's like i think it worked because it just gave you that unease that the film was based on right don't get me wrong i like handheld when it works when it works i don't like it for handheld sake like it depends if you for example are moving around or you want to do some a certain form of coverage or whatever you're going with with that and it makes sense great but if you are doing a static shot i don't see the point in the handheld movement because then it takes away from what you're trying to focus on. You're trying to focus on the subject, the subject being whatever, whether it be a person or a prop or what what it happens to be, or a vista, infinite options. But when you end up having handheld and it's just like, okay, get this shot, and it looks like that the whole time, <laughs> it's just very it's very hard to not be paying more attention to the way the camera's moving. Like they're coming like the cameraman's the image. coming down from the fifth cup of coffee or something like that. Precisely. And that's that's a problem for me because I can't watch that. It's interesting that if that's like one of the big reasons it took you out of it. Well, it's with anything. Once you realize, for me, once I realize a film is a film, and what I mean by that is once I realize that this is being staged, I'm no longer invested in the production itself. I'm no longer invested in the show. And once I realize, if I see a boom mic, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, oh. Yeah, no, I'm no longer just buying into the painting right now i'm realizing that there was someone that used brushes and paint to make this and that's a canvas and there's a metal frame around it and i it, that's not how i enjoy things obviously yeah it would it would it would definitely take out a lot of people from it right some films have been notorious for that i think like, like dolomite for example right but that that actually turned into a cult clap an underground hit which also yeah, it did i love the the movie with Eddie Murphy that the Dolomite is my name. You do? Yeah, I watched it a couple of months ago. I actually really enjoyed it. It was just, yeah, it was a bit sentimental, but I actually, I enjoyed it. Good. It was just, you know, I love seeing, I was just good seeing Eddie Murphy in something in such a long time. And it was just, it was just a kind of like a charming character that he played. And who surprised me in there was um, Keegan Mike, uh, Keegan Michael, you stood in for the man (laughs) i I was gonna call him keegan michael peel yeah keegan michael keegan michael yeah keegan michael key yeah keegan michael key he actually played a serious character and he did it really good like he wasn't funny man and i was like surprised he played just the straight you know serious type and he did it really good that's great. I mean, is he a nice person? Um, 
I'm, I didn't get, I didn't really interact with them much, but. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't see it. I didn't witness anything abnormal or obnoxious. <laughs> there was a, there was a funny incident that happened with them on the first night, but, you know, <laughs> it's like, well, it's 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 a kind of a funny story. Just being on set when um, the first night we were shooting, it was a night. <laughs> night we're all tired, and this is starting at like eleven o'clock in the night at the house, and he ran into the screen door <laughs> he was in his head and then it was kind of we all started laughing <laughs> and it was it was it was one of the funniest moments i've had on set because we're just all there i'm with um um what's his name the main the, all of them right and i'm just kind of like whoa uh i was kind of starstruck too right because it's like i'm here with oh, fuck i'm going brain freeze yeah uh, Olivia Munn, Olivia, Thomas Jane, uh, Thomas Jane, um, 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 uh, Boyd, Boyd, with Boyd, I'm with uh, Trevante, and yeah, Keegan and Keegan Michael Key, and what's his name, the one from Lord of the Rings that played, uh, they were all there, so I was kind of just awestruck and kind of there and kind of quiet, <laughs> trying to start a conversation, and I'm just kind of like, I don't know what's protocol here, and then <laughs> just all of a sudden. We, just hear, we all hear a boom. And we just kind of look at the window. It's, ah. like, it's Keegan and he just hits the door. It's screen door. And it's like we all just start laughing. And it was just a great way to break the ice, the tension in the air. And they all start kind of just not ranging on, <laughs> ranging on him. And then he comes in and then he's just kind of like comedically playing it off. Right? And it, it was just a really hilarious moment. And then Boyd was just like, yeah, I've done the same thing too. He's like, he's like, he's full on ran into like a net door in his house when he was younger. Like took the whole screen down. <laughs> I've, I've walked into a screen door before. <laughs> I think we've we all. If it's cleaned well, if it's cleaned well, then you'll walk in. <laughs> you'll lose him. It happens. I think it's happened to, every, I think it's probably happened to a majority of us in life. Figuring yes. even literally. <laughs> so, but but just going back to what we were saying, it's like you're talking about foreign films, right? Mm-hmm. And taking from it. I don't. I guess you know what I kind of can self reflect at this moment and say maybe a lot of these remakes and reboots have been based on that. Maybe has been based off a of general inspiration. You know, going back mm. and watching something and going, yeah, I'm a little bit dubious, but I guess some of them have been maybe have been based on that. But I just think when it comes to sourcing from foreign films, it's just to me, it's like just reading a great book. It's to me, it's the equivalent of reading a great book and going, I want to make a movie out of this. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, as I say, you know me, I like to write my own stuff, but I can understand if it's a very diverse profession making film because there are just like music you can take from something to learn from it to build from it to create something new and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't you you've you've never read something or seen something where it's like i want to redo that or remake that of my own just as a thought or general inspiration remaking in terms of anything i saw no 
uh, there are certain angles or certain frames that I thought were right. fantastic. In terms of books that I've read, not really. Well, I recently, I just out of the blue, when this whole pandemic started, I just got into graphic novels. I don't know, just yeah, something that just came to me. And one of the ones I picked up was this one, right? Okay, so read that out because we're podcast. So for those <laughs> for those who are listening, it's uh, it's based off of Frank Big Black Smith, and it's called Big Big Black Stand at Attica, and it's by this American and French. It's a it's American writer and a French um, uh, uh, illustrator. Illustrator, and it's based off of the Attica riot, Attica uh, prison riot that happened in 1971. And it's a graphic novel based on one of the one of the inmates there and his story. And I was honestly reading it. And to me, it was just like, this is got this is going to if somebody doesn't do it. Somebody might do it, but I'm just reading it and like, this is perfect for a movie. So here's the thing. Anyone listening or watching this. This is what I'm going to encourage Bowler does. He's going to beat you to the punch. <laughs> when we've done this podcast. Send the emails. Make the phone calls. You get those rights before anyone else. Mm -hmm. I think we should cut that part up before somebody steals the rights. I don't know what is involved with getting licensing from this thing, but to me, reading that novel, graphic novel, it's like this is a movie right here. Well, if you want to get the rights, all you need to do is send out the emails, Mm. find out the information that way. So find who's the publisher. See, for example, if the writer and illustrator are on social media, try and get a hold of them and say, you know, I'm a filmmaker. I've got a production company called Broken English Films. Boom. But these things would, how much do you think these things would cost, though? It's really a piece of string type. You can option something for as little as a dollar legally. Hmm with the intent of it being revised and looked at later down the line. We'll explain that to all you listeners a little bit later, but Bowler's taking this idea. He's taking this idea. This is <laughs> his. The thieving bastards. If I see it, if I, if no, I could probably sue based off of this uh, podcast. And, well, legally at the moment, you don't have a position. I don't know. So I, like, be, I spoke I about this recording. As me stamping out the territory. I don't know if that will work in a court of law, though. Mm, it might be iffy. So it's did okay. you hear that Netflix cancelled Alton Carbon? Yeah. I've heard that. I didn't. I haven't watched it, though. Auditioned for it. You might like it. You might like it. Uh, I should check it out. Uh, I mean, it's kind of a long... It's cyber Visually... Punk. Yeah. It, visually, it reminds me of stuff you like. Like a Blade Runner type thing. Right. It's not, it's not like that, but it's along those lines in terms of fantastic imagery and that sort of projection. So it might be worth you taking the time to give it a look. There's yeah. two seasons on Netflix. There won't be any more. Yeah. Um, but the, the actual sets, did you ever work on it? I don't think, no, I... Unfortunately. Mate, I don't, I can't say 100% I might have been an extra on it. I know I've auditioned the for it. The sets were of, magnificent. It's a. Uh, sets are magnificent. The sets are. I would imagine it looks pretty impressive. 
They were great. Yeah. They were great. No, but come to think of it, I'm pretty good. sure. No, I, I'm pretty sure I've never been on it. It is what it is. Yeah. Hmm? But yeah, that got cancelled. Did you hear? I mean, this isn't really film, but Hassan Minaj is a Patriot Act. Got yeah. Canceled. I saw that. I saw that the other day too. Uh, it is what it is, man. Uh, I mean, Netflix are getting ruthless. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just if, the nature of the beast, right? They just look at things and they go, "What's wor- what's what's pulling in the ratings and what's not?" Yeah, and that makes sense. You know, it's 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 surprising what does because you know only they have the metrics, right? So you never know with these platforms. Um, now it I is, think that's good it, it that is, they do. What was that? I think it's good they only. They're the only ones with the metrics. Well, the reason I say that is this: uh, it's the idea of people gravitating to what's trending and all the rest of it that sort of takes away from <laughs> the option of watching anything. Some things, some of the things that are trending, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, where it says you're trending in Canada now, I'm like, this is okay. This is what people are watching. All right, okay. Sometimes and sometimes, yeah, yeah that looks interesting. But a lot of times, I'm like, holy shit. This- <laughs> No this is what this face. is what happens when you're stuck inside all day, isn't it? You just start watching shit that nobody should be watching. But what were you saying about Netflix? I think the there's been a general, I, based on the analysis of other people and even my general observation, I think Netflix is switching over now because you've noticed that that because there's more competition with other streaming companies and services and studios and things like that, most of their content is going to be just original stuff. And because they're going to lose, I would imagine they're going to lose a lot of things because a lot of their partners are realizing they're probably get, not getting the, they weren't getting the best deal out of things and they're just going to pull their stuff and put it on their own mm-hmm. platforms. Mm-hmm. And there's just, yeah, going to be competition like Disney Plus, right? But I think uh, Netflix jumped, they kind of knew this was going to happen. So they just started t- switching to the phase of, creating their own original content and it's kind of been remarkable to see over over netflix in the last since its exception till now where it's like you know it was just always it was just others it was completely a hundred percent um unoriginal stuff but just stuff that was out there and then you just start slowly seeing it turn into just you know and they started creating their own stuff and they went and they started off with a bang too and then now it's there seem to be transitioning to where it's just going to pre- be mostly or predominantly or uh, Netflix original content. And that's the way to keep your money. Yeah, I guess it's and it's 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 a good I mean, it's what they have to do because, you know, well, they've also started putting out Blu-rays. What was that? They've also started putting out Blu-rays. Have? Yeah. Really? I didn't know that. Are you into a Criterion at all? Another Criterion edition of things. Um, I'm not saying I probably. No, I wouldn't say I am. I'm not opposed to them. Uh, but I'm not. They're great. They're great. They're I don't great. collect them. <laughs> I. I. They're I great. I can't remember um, the last time I've held a physical media of anything. It, it's been a while for me too. But the Netflix put out Marriage Story, and uh, they put out oh, a right. bunch of their really successful original films on a blu-ray i assume with bonus features but i'm not sure 
Oh, I didn't know that. It's honestly, it's like the I can't even remember the last time I've even seen a Blu-ray player. Or, <laughs> uh, well, so, uh, yeah, I've got my PlayStation. That's my Blu-ray. Player. Yeah, you get a play. Oh. That's the only thing I've like I've been only aware of it on a PlayStation. Can't wait to get my own. By the way, when the PS uh, Five comes out. But anyways, <laughs> Sony, if you're listening, uh, <laughs> but aside from that, it's like honestly, physical media for me, it's like it's so alien now. Times have very much changed. But good for them if they're doing that. But I've seen what, but I see. I think they've seen the writing on the wall and they're switching over. So they're gonna just they're turning into a studio, right? It's gonna be. It's just well, they like are a studio. They, sorry, they are yeah. a studio at this point. They're no longer some general streaming service, right? They're their own no, content. No, definitely not. They, they're, 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 they're a general production house. Legit production house now. Yep, with offices globally. Yeah. Which is good for them. I mean, it's a great... Hey, they've been creating stuff that I've been watching. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Now well, that... I mean, we spoke about that again. Jordan's The Last Dance. That was a great doc. Oh, yeah. They've got some good stuff. That they got some good stuff. That was actually a really good documentary. That was one of those ones that you watched. You watched it? Yeah. Yeah. It that got me fired up. But what, to get not, back into basketball. No, no, not, not <laughs> <laughs> here's the thing. It, it I listen to other people, it gets them fired up in what their thing is, right? So obviously yeah. if if I put a basketball in my hand, I'd probably burn the building down or something like that because it's no not because i'm not great it's because i'm not awful i can't. oh i thought it was going to be you just flip out in a bad mood get a no a it's not i'm not saying i'm nba I'm, I'm like nba jam material i'm like no i can barely dribble the damn ball <laughs> so no but it's fascinating watching a man in his element and his mentality a driven a driven person in their element yeah. and driven as somebody who's just driven like that yeah. 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 No, that was definitely the thing about him. The idea that he was uh, not going to lose. No. And that's the attitude that that makes somebody like him the best. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you can have be talented. Now, don't get me wrong. He's inherently talented. But I, what gave Jordan his edge was the way he fought. Well, and there's also the argument that it doesn't matter how talented you are if you don't have the the fire the effort put behind it it's it's not you being really good at something it's how you apply yourself and connect and get it done exactly so you could be amazing at something what is it I'm trying to think of the cliche that accompanies that but nevertheless it's basically get on with it <laughs> you know what i mean and on that <laughs> don't note, ponder we'll end on that note get on yeah, with get it get on with it get on with it watch that with watch, that if, which watch that if you want inspiration watch that documentary and whatever you do out there it, it'll fire anybody up with that we will be having a lot of things to show you shortly we know you're eager and if you're not get eager and on that note folks thanks for listening and thanks for watching sorry watching watching <laughs> Thanks for watching. You've been watching too many foreign films. <laughs> <laughs> English goes away when you're watching those a lot of those foreign films. Anyways, y'all. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for joining us today. 
And until next time, we'll see you guys later. Hasta luego.